Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, today I'm here with Lenora. Lenora Wyatt is the CEO and owner of Fitness by Nori. She became the owner of Fitness by Nori through her own fitness journey. Lenora has always been a dreamer. She has always been competitive, driven, and disciplined. Uh, Lenora is a U.S. Navy and Army veteran. Well, thank you for your service, Lenora. Sure. Uh, We've had a lot of military-affiliated people on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Lenora is a senior human resources professional, MBA and HR certified by uh, SHRM and HRCI. Now, to add to that, Lenora is a certified master trainer through the International Sports uh, Sciences Association, ISSA, and enjoys assisting others with their health and wellness goals. Lenora has always loved helping people. Lenora believes this is this passion stems from a background of being rejected and feeling like she needed to prove herself to be accepted. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it, Megan. Well, like I said, we've had a lot of uh, military affiliated people because my husband uh, has a military experience as well. So. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's so it's like, family. Uh, yeah. I just, <laughs> I just attract military affiliated people. <laughs> so, um, what I want to start out with is you telling us about your childhood. Um, when the, in the application, it said you, your struggles started out in childhood. Uh, and I would love to have you share a little bit about that. Absolutely. Um, so I, um, my, my mother was 14 when she, um, got pregnant with me, had me when she was 15. Um, my father was a little older um, from what I understand. And I never knew him um, my entire youth. Um, but um, from what I understand, my mom went through some trauma when she was pregnant with me. And so um, she just kind of, once she had me, she just kind of hit the streets and, you know, and kind of did her thing. Um, that's her story to tell. So, but right. yeah. And from there, I grew up because I didn't have my mother or my father. I just kind of felt rejected, you know, neglected. I kind of felt abandoned. Um, And then my mom would come, you know, back and forth in our lives from time to time. And I remember when I was in the fifth grade, going to the sixth grade, my mom said, um, they're going to go and stay with me. And she uprooted us um, away from my grandmother and out of my school, away from all of my friends and, you know, the friends that I was able to make at that time. Right. Um, And um, and moved us to a a whole another side of town where we didn't know anybody and didn't have anybody. And clearly we didn't really even know her. And so um, I went through a lot of abuse and um, things at that particular time. And my grandmother ended up adopting us when I was about 12. We went into foster care and um, and my grandmother was like, I can't I can't let my babies go like that. Right. And so she ended up 
adopting us. And I found that as I got older, I found that to be amazing because once you turn about 12 or 13 in the system, a lot of times people don't want you, but, um, and you have to end up phasing yourself out, right? You turn into an adult at 18 and then you have to figure it out. Um, and so I was just grateful that my grandmother actually um, adopted us and, and raised us as her own. And so, yeah, as my childhood, um, I have a lot of, a lot of pain um, underlining and interweaving in my life as a child, stemming from abandoned neglect and rejection. Yeah. I, I had my oldest daughter at 16 and turned 17 right afterwards. Um, so I can only at 14, huh, 14, 15, <laughs> That is wild. Like I know I was totally unprepared to be a mom when I had my oldest daughter who just graduated high school. (laughs) Right. And I mean, I'm able to, you know, now I'm older now and I'm able to, you know, I've gone through counseling and things like that. And so I'm able to give her grace now. I understand. Um, But I, I really didn't understand at that time. Right. So, right. Well, it wasn't your space to understand as a child, like, you know, all it was your experience, the abandonment and the abuse and, and right. even being like a super young mom, it wasn't really an excuse for her to be like that. She should have just left you with your grandmother because your grandmother right. sounds like a wonderful human being. She's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. So if she had just, if your mom had just been like, all right, I can't do this. I'm too young. And here you go right these kids your life probably would have been um much different I mean but it it I mean it's nice that she adopted you at 12 though so you at least had some time as a youth being able to have that love and support correct correct so yeah my grandmother was amazing she was she was an awesome woman so I'm so grateful to her at her age taking in kids I absolutely (laughs) yes yes she was probably thinking I'm all done. <laughs> she thought she was. See, but you know, grandmothers, um, grandmothers, they they're a special kind. I'm serious. Like they and I say they meaning like the creator or whatever, however it comes about, right? Um, yeah. I say they don't they don't make grandmothers like they used to, right? Um, everybody knew you were at grandma's house and she's always cooking and it's always family around. And so my, my grandmother was just an amazing woman. So when I was a teenager, my dad kicked me out of our house and um, my parents were split up and my mom lived in New York and my dad lived in Florida. And just so happened that my mom's parents were retired in Florida. And when he kicked me out of his house, they took me in and they drove an hour each way every day uh, twice a day so that I could go to school and finish off my 10th grade year, uh, in Florida before moving back up with my mom. Cause I had like two months left and they're like, it makes no sense for you to move all the way up to New York and, and possibly be, be behind, you know, because uh, states teach differently. Uh, correct. They, I, your grandparents, yes, they are a special, (laughs) they do not make them like they, they used to, uh, yes. I was like in a couple years, I could, hopefully my daughter will wait a little while, um, to have children, but like I could be a grandma <laughs> in a couple of years. And I'm like, I don't even know how, I, how my grandparents did that. I just don't know. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Uh, my, 
my sister, she just became a grandmother, the one that's under oh. me. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I like literally, I think Ace, maybe like a couple of weeks. <laughs> so yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You're probably like, I am not old enough for this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And that's crazy because I don't, I don't want any children and I don't because of, you know, our childhood. And, and I did want some, um, at one point I thought, um, but I'm sure we'll get to that, but I don't, I didn't, I never wanted my children to grow up like me. I wanted them to have both of their parents. I wanted them to have just be overshadowed with love and, and affection and to know that, that they weren't abandoned and that they would never be rejected and that they have someone here that supports them and, and what that's trying to understand them and what's going on, you know? And so I just never wanted to bring anybody into the, the earth and I couldn't give them more than what I had. That's understandable. I mean, I have many regrets um, because I had unresolved trauma uh, when my daughter was younger, my 18 year old was younger. And I'm like all the experiences she had with me that, you know, I was a yeller, like I would, um, I mean, I never abused her, but I would yell all the time. And, mm-hmm. uh, she like, I just was too immature and I, I did, hadn't gotten the help I wanted to. So I wish I had, I mean, she obviously wasn't planned <laughs> at 16. Okay. She was a surprise. Uh, but yeah, I can understand where you're coming from because like one of the things I wish had happened is I had gotten that help before having children, right. um, because, you know, you're a much better parent when you've healed yourself, uh, than Absolutely. you are when you have unresolved trauma. Yeah. I mean, you're a much better person, period. When you've, you know, when you've healed yourself from the the trauma, um, I just, it is difficult for children to kind of go through that. And with the fact that you're knowing that you're able to kind of fix it a little bit and then go back and and just kind of love her through that a little bit more. So that's awesome for you. And I'm always like, girl, you can get some therapy. <laughs> we have health insurance. Go see somebody. I'm always yes. encouraging, you know, her to go and get help and support, like, and whatever she has to work through. Um, and you know, I, I, I got it. I I'm still in therapy and I love it. it it's helped me so yes. much. That's <laughs> so awesome. Good. That is awesome. So many people kind of put down, um, therapists and counselors and stuff. They put them down and, it's needed the same way we work out our bodies, um, the same way we nurture and, 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 you know, take care of our bodies and, and go to the doctor and take care of our health and things like that. We sometimes need people to help us sort those things out in our mind, you know, and your brain is the most powerful thing. If it's shut down on you, then you have nothing. So, you know, helping, having someone to help you, separate things and understand things or try to make sense of it because the answer is inside of you. Right. Right. So the counselor just keeps us talking and they've been trained to kind of keep you talking so that the answer can come out of you, you know, and it's nothing wrong with that. You sometimes you need a neutral third party to help you figure stuff out. That's right. That's right. Because it's you and you talking to you. So you need that third party. You are so right, Megan. (laughs) Exactly. So I'd love for you to tell us like, how was your military experience? Did you, 
I mean, we've had we've had some stories on here. Like, <laughs> I'll tell you. My story is not horrible uh, in the military. I um, actually, when I graduated, I actually graduated high school um, number five in my class. Wow. I did the benediction at graduation and everything. So, you know, once we felt that stability, I was able to, you know, push forward. Um, and then I left and went to um, college for a semester. Um, I was sheltered. And so I kind of got a little wild and I was like, nope because I'm paying for my own schooling. And so I understand that. That's how I flunked out of college the first time. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we have so much in common, right? Yeah. So yeah, I was like, no, I'm paying for my own schooling. And so no, I'm not gonna, you know, just use up this, this federal money and have to pay stuff back and stuff like that. And so I ended up um, coming back home um, at the towards the end of the semester and my grandmother was like you need to figure out what you're gonna do with your life or whatever and so um she had been kind of talking to this um navy um recruiter because the recruiting office was right next to the Beltone hearing aid place where she went to get her hearing aid batteries and stuff like that and so one day yeah one day we had pulled up and a recruiter was standing outside and he was smoking a cigarette and my grandmother, she never meets a stranger. And so she said, Hey, you know, um, what do I have to do to join? And so he gave her some crazy tasks, like run around the parking lot and do some pushups and stuff like that. And, and she was like, well, I can't do that, but she can. And she pointed at the front seat where I was sitting and he walked over and I just let the window up and I was like, no. And he was like, come on, let it down. Let's talk. And so he ended up giving me his card or whatever. And so like I said, I went to I went to college for the first semester. And when she was telling me, you need to figure out what you're going to do with your life. I remembered I had his card and stuff and I called him and I said, hey, um, I need to go, but I need to go now. If I can't go by tomorrow, then I'm not going. And so he <laughs> it was crazy. He came that night. He picked me up. I spent the night at the hotel. Um, They have like these hotels when you're needing to stay. I spent the night at the hotel. I stayed on MEP's floor that morning uh, from maybe five, six o'clock that morning all day. I took my exams. I took my physicals. I did everything. And I flew out to Orlando, Florida the next morning. So I was in the Navy. It was an amazing thing. I was in an integrated company. I um, learned a lot. I did a lot. Um, met some really good friends that I'm still cool with to this day. Um, did basic in Orlando, flew out to, um, Hawaii was stationed on Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. Wow. Yes. Um, I was stationed on a dry dock, so I didn't get to do any sea time or anything Darn. like that, but yeah, but we were uh, stationed on a submarine dry dock. And so we would dock submarines and repair submarines there. Um, I was a yeoman. It was considered a yeoman. Same thing as human resources in which I do human resources to this day, right? But um, that set the foundation for my career there. Um, did human resources there. Did three years active duty. Got out because my grandmother was sick. Came home to assist her and everything at the end of my um, tour. And I was working at Frito-Lay. I started working at Frito-Lay there. And by the time my grandmother passed, she passed five years later, I was still Mm -hmm. at Frito-Lay. 
And um, I just was like, well, I'll stay here because my desire was to retire from the military. And so right. I stay, yeah, I stay with Frito um, when my grandmother passed, um, ended up being with them for 11 years and um, close to, it, it was right at 11 years. And then I was laid off during the recession. Oh. And so <laughs> I could not, I mean, I have a master's degree in human resources and everything. I could not find a job to save my soul. And so, um, I had gotten married, um, in, um, that was right before I got married and he was like, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I've always wanted to be a military officer. So that was my opportunity to go back to the military. And so I was going back to the Navy, but the Navy wasn't accepting prior service. So <laughs> I well, ended up- Navy, why you gotta be yeah. so- I mean, but think about it. We were in a recession, so they were cutting jobs and everything. And so, you know, I ended up going to the army and um, because the army was accepting prior service. So I went to the army. I went in the reserves. I was going on a um, program where you could become an officer um, by submitting your paperwork and doing all of your documents and everything. And so, um, when I went in, I did everything I was supposed to do, submitted all of my stuff, and I didn't become an officer because they said I needed an age waiver, which oh. was shocking to me because I wasn't of age. I wasn't in the age bracket. Like, I think that the age was like 42 or something like that. Right. And I was, um, it was right before I got married, I was 34. So I didn't understand. Um, but yeah. I didn't do it. Um, and so that was just like, well, that's not what you were supposed to be doing. So I ended up doing, you know, the reserves and just completed my tour um, with the reserves and I got out. So I, I, it was a long road, but I told you about both branches of the military. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was wondering how that worked out. I'm like, how did you, did you switch halfway through your, your time? How did this work out? Wow. To choose to go back into the military. Uh, my husband would be like, hell no. Hell no. (laughs) I mean, but doing 20 years, (laughs) you'd be like, hell no. I'm not going back into that crazy. And I was trying to complete, that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to complete my 20 years and it didn't work out. So yeah you know well now they've changed it like the retirement you can't really retire in the same way anymore um wow yeah they changed it so like you can get out with something so it's kind of like you put in money and the navy matches that money into like a oh yeah yeah um so it's like or not the navy the military they changed it it was like um my husband was too far in to like choose the new system not that it would have made any sense for him being in as long as he was at the time but Mm -hmm. yeah he didn't have a choice they're like no you have to take the old system stay until 20 or you get nothing (laughs) oh wow (laughs) the military is something else I'll tell you that (laughs) it really is it really is It, it was a wonderful place I don't um I don't regret it at all um don't join it either way um and having to go back um I don't regret any of it it taught me a lot um taught me a lot of discipline um, how to kind of control my emotions and everything. Um, 
because of course, you know, when you have those traumas, when you're young, Mm -hmm. you do tend to have your emotions are really kind of off kilt a little bit. And so it really taught me discipline and how to control those emotions. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, That's what I've heard has been a common theme with people I talk to that have been in the military is, is they learn discipline and, and you're very fortunate as a woman to not have had uh, a negative experience because you're a woman <laughs> right, in the military, right. because so yeah. many women do. Um, the military Absolutely. is antiquated when it comes to women being in it. <laughs> it is. I mean, they've um, evolved a lot. I mean, you know, we have the different women that are making the ranks, the captains, the, you know, becoming the pilots and things like that. And so um, we, we, it's evolved a lot, but yeah, you're right. A lot is um, it's really different for women. Yeah. yeah. When my <laughs> husband joined, um, they didn't allow women on submarines, but they recently mm-hmm. integrated. I, I want to say in the last five years, they integrated mm-hmm. women on submarines. Now, not all submarines. That's what people don't know. It's not all because not all are built to have uh, co-ed. Uh, they started off with officers and then in a new in the newer boats, uh, they are allowing enlisted. So some of the submarines that are being built will be able to accommodate both uh, and some won't. So yeah, yeah, interesting. it was some talk about it. it was some talk of that when I was still there and um, they were talking about how they were gonna do that and stuff. So yeah, it's interesting. It is. Um, and so I like seeing, I, I've always said, like, if a woman can meet the requirements for a job, why can't they do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, they have all the, the women that are on the front line and, and infantry now, and it, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing feat. I know a couple women who were some of the first women to be on the front line uh, when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, I actually used to work as a bartender back in okay. another life. And uh, <laughs> one of the girls that work at, worked at the bar with me, she was uh, reserves, I want to say, uh, for the army. And she got mm-hmm. activated and she went to the Middle East and she was on the front line. She was actually um, in an accident with a tank that got blown oh, up. Wow. Yeah. So wow. she, she, uh, has like some, like she had some brain, uh, injuries and stuff like that from that, oh but God. it was interesting. She was like, well, there weren't very many women <laughs> around at that time. Yeah, She's like, you I'm either sure. had to be a badass or you weren't going to survive. Like, absolutely. She, she was a badass. She was actually, uh, featured in a magazine, like a military magazine and everything. Nice. It was pretty crazy. Uh, so yeah, I know quite a few women who um, have fought on the, the front lines and I'm telling you, it's, it's wild. Uh, but it, you know, if, <laughs> if a woman can uh, meet the criteria and are able to do the job and let them, let them do it. Yeah, I agree. There's I no agree. reason not to. I'm waiting for a woman <laughs> to pass buds tra- training for na- the SEALs. And I'm like, I'm going to cheer her on. You go lady. You get that. Yes. Yes. You know, one of my favorite movies, um, and this is actually the second favorite movie is, uh, is GI Jane. I love GI Jane. Yeah. Um, my first, my first favorite movie is the point of no return. It's an older movie. It's about a female assassin, but, but yeah, 
But G.I. Jane, I like G.I. Jane because she's she has to be bad to be with those guys. One that is not as serious that I like uh, is in the, I think it's in the army now with Polly Shore. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh-huh. the woman that serves with them, she's she's a badass. <laughs> she's a badass. <laughs> yes. Like coming from two women over here. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I love it. I love it when I'm watching uh, movies and you have this this female is like, I'm not going to take anybody's shit. I'm just going to do it. it. That's it. <laughs> so what happened after you got out of the army? So um, before, like I said, before I went back in um, around that same time, so I was married in um, April and um, that was of 2010. And then I went back into the army towards um, November. So um, my, my husband at the time, he did not like the things that I was doing and he just really was like oh my god but it was no biggie because after I didn't get into the program I was like I'm not staying anyways um but he traveled for work and um he worked for the the government um but he wasn't in the military right and so he and I had some some issues and um once my time was up I ended up finding a position over with him and so he was stationed in Afghanistan and that's when I went to work for um a a government um contractor over in Afghanistan and so tried to you know go over there and, and make my marriage work and things like that um and it was it was ironic because we got stationed like put on the same base And so I was just like, this was meant for us to like work it out. Um, And it's like, everything was just kind of coming together. My company um, believed in like marriage and trying to help people and stuff. And if you have a couple that are both on contract, they gave us housing immediately so that we could live together and stuff like that. Um, So neither one of us had to stay in the barracks. Well, he was already like there for a while. And so he already had his own like room or tent or whatever you call it. <laughs> and I just was like, so you don't want to move over here. And he was like, if I come over there, then I'm going to have to get up early because the housing was on the side of the base where my company was. Gotcha. And so I was like, are you serious? Like, you know, anyway, so that was another argument, but Nevertheless, I did my tour there. Then I um, went and lived in um, Dubai for about five months. Yeah. um, For the same company, AECOM. And then, um, and then I ended up coming home after the the tour was over with, with the government contractor um, and went to work here, Um, you know, doing human resources is what I've done for about the last 15 years. Um, but in 2016, um, we actually went through a divorce and oh. that's where all of the darkness just comes for me. It, it started at about 2013 and for about three years, it's like I continue to try to work and fight and things like that. But, you know, in things like a marriage, that's not something you would want to do or feel like you're doing on your own by yourself. Right. And so um, it was really stressful on me. Um, my, like I said, my husband at that time was a 
contractor and so he wasn't here a lot of the times then of course um the loneliness starts to sit in and the you know neglect and abandonment starts to come back up and all of that and so um in 2016, when he came home for, you know, our anniversary, he always came home for our anniversary, no matter what. But he, um, we had a conversation and, you know, I was like, you, you just don't want to be with me, like, just release me. And he was like, okay. And that just tore me to pieces because it, it was almost like he didn't give it any thought um right at that time but looking back on it and you know and just healing and praying about it he had given it some thought he told me um in 2013 what he wanted and I was just like you know I remember specifically saying you know you don't get a chance to mess up my marriage and then tell me how long I can fight for it and he was like okay <laughs> you know <laughs> And so I remember back then he said in 2013 that, you know, he wanted a divorce and I was still trying to fight, fight, fight. And so um, when he said, okay, in 16, it just kind of, it, it just kind of tore me apart. I just couldn't understand it. I was doing all the right things and I was a good wife and, you know, and I left my job here. I was working for the government at the time. I was working for the Department of Defense. So I leave my job at the Department of Defense and get on a contract for a year to come over here and try to save my marriage. You know, all of these things that you can come up with that you've done right, you know, well, what about the things that you did wrong? Where are you meeting his needs? Where are you talking to him? Where are you trying, you know, you can, you can, you can try to decipher the things now but right. at that time you just was like I'm the best thing since life <laughs> yeah. you know um and so we went ahead and went through the divorce like I said in 16 um I started seeking counseling immediately because I was I mean I was broken um when I say bro I was broken I don't know any other word that I could use beyond broke, I was shattered. I mean, trying to pick up all of the pieces and trying to put it back together again, because I've never thought that I would ever go through a divorce. Um, I remember, uh, I, remember <laughs> I remember when I was going through that time and I was praying and I was crying and I said, I told God, I was so mad at him. I'm so <laughs> upset with you. I remember saying when I was 17, if you ever let me get married and it's going to, if, if it, if I ever am going to get married and it's going to end in divorce, don't let me get married. And I was just yelling at God and like, just crying. Right. Um, but everything happens for a reason. I don't know if I would even be at this position where I am now, had I not gone through all of that. Um, that's what allowed me to get to the workout class that my girlfriend introduced me to and everything. And in that class, the first four months of that class, I lost 41 pounds. Wow. Um, yeah, because I had gotten up to 198 pounds at my heaviest and I'm only 5'1". And so I had gotten to be really heavy. And um, in my first four months of the class, I lost 41 pounds. Um I asked uh, the guy that was the owner of the class to, to be my trainer. He became my personal trainer. And I just began to, you know, develop and um, tone out really well with my muscles and everything. And I became like this walking billboard 
and um, and he helped me and and showed me um, the different ropes and stuff like that. And in the process, I ended up um, getting my um, master trainer certification. Um, and the rest is history. I uh, filed for my LLC in July of 2020, and I launched Fitness by Nori in November of 2020. Um, what a year right to start the pandemic. A business. <laughs> <laughs> what a year to start a business. <laughs> yes, during the pandemic. Everybody's losing jobs left and right. Their companies are going under and you're like, I'm going to start mine. <laughs> oh, mind you, I got laid off from my oh, company wow. in August, August the 19th of 2020. Yes, I did. I yep. got laid and off I too didn't... last year. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I had to find a new job. I was just like, there's a there's no way I can keep going like this. Uh, and the funny thing is, is like, I was late, like from the job I got laid off at, it was a year later, they called me and they're like, we're now opening back up. Are you able to oh, come awesome. work? I'm like, no, nah, I found another job. It's been a year. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, that maybe they were just reaching out to their next, you know, their, their good employees that they know yeah. that, you know, that was awesome that they called you back. But well, I worked yeah, at a casino, um, so they had to like be, they couldn't have everything open because of COVID and they had to be really careful. And mm-hmm. so my, where I worked, it wasn't like an essential part of the casino. So it stayed closed for a year. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So that was awesome. I mean, I got that. I, I just never, I didn't even feel a brunt of it. I mean, because it's like, I'm always doing something. So when I was laid off at Frito-Lay um, during the recession, I didn't feel the brunt of that either because I was working on the marriage, right? I was working right. on getting married and stuff. The wedding was in April and, you know, and just rolling through. And then I ended up going to the army. When I was laid off here, I didn't feel the brunt either, you know, during COVID because it's just, I was doing something. I was already working on, you know, fitness by Nori and everything. And I ended up just moving forward. I mean, and that's what we have to understand. That's what we have to do. Life is going to happen. It's going to happen. So you just have to keep moving, you know? And so that's, if I could say anything to help anybody, that's my thing is mindset is everything and just keep moving. (laughs) well to me a common reoccurrence that I heard throughout your story was you didn't give up on the goals that you had the things that you wanted to pursue and if it didn't work out you found a new thing that you were going to pursue like you know you you went into the navy and then you're like "Mm, nah uh, grandmother got sick yeah Yeah. grandma got sick worked at Frito-Lay, they laid you off and you're like, nope, going back to the military. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your, you know, your marriage didn't work out and, and everything. And you were just like, oh, you know, I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to get my stuff together. I want to do this. You know, when you were talking about your marriage and, you know, you didn't realize at the time that you had a part in it falling apart. I felt that because with my middle daughter's father, we had a, a very toxic relationship oh wow that's me putting it nicely um and now looking back I'm like for years I blamed him blamed him blamed him and then then, like through therapy I realized I had a part two 
Now I'm not trying to like negate all the horrible things he did to me or like his part, but you know, I had a part too. You know, there Mm -hmm. were, there were things I could have done not to save the relationship, but to not continue it. Right. Mm -hmm. But I didn't. And I played a part too. And it it took me years to realize like, I was not a hundred percent innocent in this relationship. Absolutely. We have to, you know, take part the, the, we have to take responsibility in the part that we play. Um, We can't be responsible for everybody else. We can only be responsible for us. And um, I told you, you and I have so much in common because the part that I realized, I mean, because even asking him and going to counseling and everything, the part that I played is that I stayed too long. Yeah. Um, like I said, he asked in 2013 and I continued to put myself through that for three more years. Um, so a lot of times we need to, um, as women, a lot of times we need to just listen. Um, men are, to me, men are very, very simple creatures. Um, my husband and I, they are, they are very simple. My husband and I didn't have a volatile relationship. We weren't, it wasn't toxic. We didn't fight when we got ready to go through a divorce and people found out because we didn't tell people or whatever. But when people found out, they were like, what? wait a minute. Why? Like, hold on. We were like a really good couple because we were friends. We, we did a lot of the same things. We both liked the roller skate. We both liked to ride motorcycles. We both liked to shoot guns. We both liked to travel. Like we had a lot in common. We were really friends. So it was really shocking when that happened. And so that's why I believe that it destroyed me so much. But, um, when, when people tell you something, like I said, guys are just so, they're so simple. They will actually tell you what it is that they want. <laughs> you right. have to listen. And um, and I wasn't listening at the time because I was I wasn't controlling my emotions like I was taught for so many years. And um, and afterwards, when he said, "Yeah, you know, let's do it," I mean, I cried and all of that. And I got myself up the next day and I went and bowed and did everything and we just moved on. You know. Um, and it still hurt for years. It still hurt for at least a couple of years after that. Um, and 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 if he would have, and people would ask me, um, someone asked me on another podcast, they said, if he would have come back and asked you to, to marry him, would you? I said, I would have married him the next day, you Aww. know, because I feel like everybody makes mistakes. Everybody yeah. makes mistakes. And I was willing to forgive him for that. And I did. But um, at the time, he said that he couldn't forgive himself um, because he was such a stand up type of guy. You know what I'm right. saying? And so he um, he just felt like he couldn't forgive himself at the time. You know, um, he's cool now. I'm cool now. You know, the last time that I spoke with him uh, uh, whatever, he was cool. Um, so, you know, we both just, you know, go on our, our own way, <laughs> you know, and just move on with life. I mean, I think that's what we have to what we have to do. We have to know when it's time to, to move in, in the world of um, casinos. We got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. Yes. <laughs> no, exactly. And I, you know, I think a lot of times we, as people, we want so badly to make things work, yeah. right? We want so badly to do things, quote unquote, the right way we, we can yeah. do this. And, and we won't admit to ourselves when it's like, it's just, 
it's just not going to happen. It's, it's just not right. going to work out. And you kind of got to let right. it go and move on and then find, you know, along the way, you might find a new and amazing opportunity you would have never found had you just held on to that thing that wasn't working out. Absolutely. I mean, and that's what fuels my, you know, again, as a child, I already had the, the self-doubt, the abandon, the rejection, you know, and um, the major obstacles that came after that added on to that. It was self-doubt and insecurity and just not being enough. That just, it, that will wreck you, you know, yeah. the fear that you are not enough. It will just wreck your life because I don't, I don't know, Megan, if you believe in God or anything like that. And yeah. I'm not trying to transition <laughs> you if you do, right? But everybody has is, their own beliefs though. And I respect exactly, that. Exactly. But I, I believe that I believe in God and I believe that God allows things to happen. Um, and they work out for your good. I believe that everything works out for me. And, um, my business strategist, when I used to just stress out and I used to just go through and stuff when I was, when I was, you know, bringing fitness minority to fruition, she just used to say, everything always works out for you. Right. And, you know, sometimes you just need people to make you remember these things. And I said, yes, they do. She said, so why are you worried about this? Why are you frustrated? Why are you stressing? You know? So yeah, everything always works out that it always will work out. Yeah. Even if it's not the way you thought it would. Uh, I was it. an entrepreneur. Actually, I was a fitness coach. Uh, and then awesome. I was a uh, women's empowerment coach. And then I'm like, I am not built to be an entrepreneur. Uh, I, I do not <laughs> like it. I want a boss. It's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. I want a boss. I want somebody to tell me what to do. And for me to walk away with the paycheck, I did not like <laughs> all of like having to do all of the things, all of like the nitty gritty. I, I just want to have, I just want to do the, do the things and walk away with a paycheck. <laughs> and you know, not everybody's built to be an entrepreneur, but if I had held on to that, like held on to the, those businesses and just made myself miserable, right. like. I wouldn't, I would not be where I am today. Like today I am going into, well, in the fall, I'm going into a master's program for psychology. Awesome. And my awesome. goal is to be a psychology professor, which is way different than being a women's empowerment coach. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, sociology, um, my, my minor is in social sciences. My uh, bachelor's is criminal justice. So yes, you went all over the place. (laughs) I am. Ultimately, I wanted to be a judge, and I still have the ability to do that, right? Right. But um, when I was thinking about, like, from a law standpoint, um, at the time, I only had like a couple of more classes before I finished um, my undergrad in criminal justice, and I had this one instructor, and he was telling us that in law, you might have to have your client to take a plea, even if they didn't do anything. But you can't, you know, turn the the tides and you can't make people look at things differently and all of the evidence is stacked against them and this and that. And you might have to make them take a plea. And I was just like, no, like, I'm not good with that. So I don't want to do that. And so I was just like, okay, if I'm not going to do law, then what am I going to do? Well, when I started doing, you know, HR and things of that nature, I was just like, 
So corporate law is where I'm supposed to be. You know, I like the human resource side of law, you know, making sure that we're in compliance with everything, making sure that, that our employees are taken care of because the employees will take care of the organization. Right. Right. And so I really enjoy that side of the law. And so that's how I ended up in human resources, because at Frito-Lay, I did, um, I started off at Frito-Lay as a packer and like worked my way up through a machine operator, a processing operator, one that cooked the chips and everything, and all the way up to a manager, um, you know, operations manager and everything. And then I went into, I went into safety Um, and safety when I was in safety before I became an operations manager, that's what made me feel like I wanted to go into HR because safety was under the HR umbrella and it was dealing with all of the laws and the rules and stuff like that around safety and keeping employees safe. So just everything that I do kind of um, gives you that discipline, almost like that rigid type of person but I'm really I'm really just not I don't think so anyway I may be well you just followed that path and it brought you to where you are today uh so as we wrap up the podcast today because the time goes by really fast it does right it does what would you like to leave the inspired women audience with I just want the inspired women audience to know that, you know, mindset is key. Um, Making sure that you keep a a firm mindset, know where you're wanting to go. And once you set your eyes on that, (laughs) don't let anything or anyone change your mind. Um, Knowing that you can do anything that you put your mind to is the most amazing thing. Know that you are enough, regardless to what you've gone through, what life traumas, what, you know, marriage and divorce, and, you know, what job you've been laid off from, you know, what group you're no longer a part of, you know, whether your parents, you felt like your parents didn't want you, whatever the case may be, you are enough. Because if you weren't, then you wouldn't be here. If you weren't, then you wouldn't be on the path that you're on to greatness because you are great. And you can do amazing things if you just remember that you are the, I was about to say something bad, but no, I'm not going to curse. But <laughs> it's if all right. You I have curse multiple times. <laughs> you, you have to always remember in yourself that you are the shit. Yes. And if you remember that, then it's nothing nobody else can do to you. You have to be able to stand on your own 10 toes and just push forward. Just push forward. You got this. You got this. See, everybody need- needs to save this episode and just like go to the end and replay that. Like, <laughs> yes, I got this. I'm the shit. You got this. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Don't doubt yourself. A lot of times people doubt themselves because technically they're afraid of themselves because mm-hmm. you're so powerful. You're so powerful. If you get away from the BS and you start to listen to yourself and process things, it's some amazing things that you can do. And um, and we believe in you. <laughs> you believe in yourself. And we're looking for all the amazing things that you're going to be doing. And you as well, Megan. Oh, thank you. 
I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just trucking along <laughs> towards that uh, PhD that I'm going to go yes, for. Yes, ma'am. I'm excited for you. It's going to be a, 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 a while. Uh, it's going to probably take another five years. But hey, when That's I'm done, okay. I will be able to do the things I want to do. Hey, uh, Dr. Megan Hall. Yes, I love go. the sound of it. <laughs> well, Lenora, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for inviting me. Um, you can look me up on Fitness by Nori on everything. Fitness by Nori. See, I love the consistency because I'm like, <laughs> you want to find the podcast? Inspired Women Podcast. Just just look it up. It's That's, that's the it. handle for everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, on everything. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.